definitely creating content that helps people is really the solution. What really works is building a community, consistently doing events like webinars, and producing content specifically for certain categories. You earn that raise and you earn that job. Welcome to Future Fuzz, the digital marketing podcast. Hey everybody, thanks once again uh, for tuning in. It's really great to have you here. Today I speak with Manny from Blue CC, which is a fantastic project management system and we hear all about Manny's story, how he started the company. We also dive in to Italian business and how difficult it is to actually set up a company in Italy and how easy it is in other countries. Um, I'd just like to say a big thank you to everybody who uh, follows the podcast, listens and subscribes. Every review really makes a huge difference. So if you're on um, iTunes or Spotify, if you can leave us a review, that would be fantastic. Please follow and subscribe and please share with uh, anyone who you think might find this interesting. Uh, we really hope you enjoy the show. Thanks again. Yeah, I'll be honest, I don't hear a great deal about Italian startups. We do work with a Italian startup at the moment called Fly Trendy, um, great company. And um, but yes, indeed, they're underrepresented, aren't they? And uh, maybe that's the culture. Maybe that's also the mentality as well that um, some, in some way, with the way the education system is set up, they're not willing to take risks. Do you think that that also plays yeah. into it? For sure. I think people look for stable jobs. I think the gold standard, people love working for the government. If you can work for the government and have a, because once you're there, you can't get fired. So it's, uh, people love that, right? There's a, this thing on stability and so on. Uh, and also I think the bureaucracy, right? It's not, you know, opening a company and getting started. It's not, you know, as you can do it, for instance, in Delaware, you can get it done the same day and it costs a few hundred bucks. In Italy, it's a much right. more complex process. Um, and so on. So it's not very friendly for that, right? Um, if you're just starting out. I have a direct experience of setting up a company in Germany, uh, in, mm -hmm. in Berlin, Brandenburg, and it was a painful experience. It took a long time and there was loads of paperwork involved and needed to get certain, uh, needed to get an accountant, you know, pretty full on accountant and that incurred costs. And, um, in the Netherlands, it's a completely different story. You can have something set up within a couple of days and it costs you 75 euros and, and, and then you're away. The thing that takes the longest yeah. here is to get a bank account and that will take you potentially five days, two weeks, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Which is okay. Right. But I think that's a shame because all, all big businesses initially started small. Right. And so right. you've got to encourage small businesses because eventually some of those will, will become the, the sort of huge employers and, and drivers of the economy, right? They are the future indeed. Yeah, brilliant. Mm -hmm. Manny, we slid right in there, starting off with football and then uh, go straight into yeah. business. Thank you very much for coming <laughs> on to Future Fuzz, the B2B marketing podcast with a, with a dash of digital. Um, you're calling from an exotic location today. Yeah, I'm calling from Panama City, Panama. So nice and sunny here. Brilliant. It's your morning. It's uh, my end of the day. Um, would love to talk to you about your your two companies and, and the journey that you've been on. And today we're going to also dive into um, different aspects of B2B marketing for SaaS. We've got a SaaS series going on at the moment. Lots of people coming on talking about their, their companies. So tell us how you uh, started up your first company, MAD, uh, which then led you on to founding Blue. Yeah, sure thing. My first company, Mad, which is a 
digital product consultancy. So we design and build products for startups and enterprises. That sort of outgrew from my initial freelancing when I was younger, and eventually it turned into uh, a company. Uh, that took investment actually right away, and that grew very rapidly. I think the first year, you know, we, we got close to a million just in the very first year, so it was a huge learning curve. Uh, however, with this kind of very fast growth, also came a lot of problems, especially in, in keeping up with the work and the project management side of things. And so, you know, as the leader, I decided, okay, I'm going to put in a, a project management system to try and get organized. So we, we tried Basecamp and we used that quite successfully, I'd say for six to 12 months. And then we sort of outgrew that as we got more clients and more, more staff on board. We switched to Asana. Uh, and my pain points there were the cost, uh, the per user pricing, which was quite expensive and also the complexity of the software. I felt really that it was designed for advanced knowledge workers in, in advanced markets, right? In Europe and the US and so on. Uh, my clients struggled to use it and they didn't use it. And so it really wasn't that valuable for us. Uh, and this is where I sort of had this idea, okay, well, perhaps I could build a small system just for my company and my clients to use. Uh, and that was really the, the seed that then, you know, eventually became blue. Okay, Manny, I've been there as well. I've, I've used Asana, uh, used Trello before. And um, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one. I, I guess there are a lot of companies out there that are using Asana, but they're only using a very small percentage of the potential of the of the software that and things that it can provide. Would you, would you say that's the case? Yes, um, for sure that is the case because they they have tiered plans, right? So probably a small company is either going to be on the free plan, which I think is up to sort of ten or fifteen users, or perhaps one of the sort of more basic plans, because the the more expensive plans end up being. per user per month, potentially paid annually. So you can think if you've got 20 people, you're paying now $10,000 a year on, on your, just on your project management software, right? Let alone the rest of your SaaS stack that you need to run your business. So that's why they tend to, to, to use only a few of the features. However, they could probably, they probably could benefit from more advanced features if they had access to it. Right, yeah, so they're excluded from it uh, in, in many ways on a free plan or on a lower tier. Okay, that makes sense. So a team, uh, let's go into the numbers straight away. So a team, a larger team and a company could be spending uh, tens of thousands on project management software. Um, but I understand from Blue, you've, you've found that you're finding a niche and you're finding attracting a lot of uh, new businesses because you've got more attractive pricing. So what would a company be investing in blue, do you think, in comparison? Yeah, so we, we evolved our pricing over the years. So we started out at $30 uh, per month for the entire organization, unlimited users. Um, then that grew to 50. Uh, then we had a huge growth spurt. And then actually we had to essentially discourage signups because we needed to work on the underlying infrastructure. So we essentially raised our price to 200 a month while we were busy increasing our, you know, infrastructure to make sure we could handle new clients. Um, and now we're about to change our pricing to per user. Uh, it's going to be $7 uh, per user per month, which is essentially the, you know, the sweet spot, I think, because that works well for two, three person teams who are just paying maybe $20 a month or thereabouts. And also for larger customers, you know, they can actually scale up that quite easily compared to, you know, other tools that are maybe 30 or $40 uh, per month. 
And of course, you know, there's certain user types are free and certain user types are paid. So obviously, if you invite clients, you're not going to pay for those, right? Yeah, yeah. And and it gives the opportunity for companies to scale up as and when they need to. It sounds like it's pretty ideal for, let's say, agencies. Would they be, uh, do they take up uh, some of your client base? Yeah, exactly. I mean, a, a huge chunk of our clients are, you know, we, we call them a kind of a professional service agencies, right? And that's a catch-all term for you know, design companies, marketing companies, consultancies, even law firms, etc. Anybody that works closely with clients and, and creates some kind of service for them, right? So yeah, that's great because they normally have a small core team that they can pay for, and then they can invite vendors and clients onto the platform free of charge, right? So they might have a core team of 10, but then maybe there's 50 people using the platform, but they're not paying for all those 50 seats. Fantastic. And tell us about the user base like globally. So where are people using Blue? Like where, where do you see there's this future growth for the company? Yeah, this, this is interesting. So, you know, while I was building Blue for the first three or four years, I was based in Asia. So we, we do have a core of customers there, especially the, the original kind of customer base. But now it's uh, very much widespread. So we've got customers in 120 countries, but the majority of customers, about 35%, are from the US. And then another 20, 25% are from India. And then the rest is spread between Southeast Asia and Europe. Um, but with that, we've sort of made a big push to go international with, you know, we've localized Blue in to 24 languages. So that makes it very accessible to, to, you know, a broad percentage of the world, essentially. Fantastic. And, and tell us how you've been focusing on let's say product led growth well t let's t talk about some challenges first right because it's it's not easy uh building a SaaS from scratch and and then also pretty much doing it bootstrapped if, I, if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. so tell us about some of the challenges you faced and and also the things you're looking forward to in in 2024 yeah great i mean i think you you touched on a good point there. the the issue with doing a self-funded SaaS business is that it's the opposite business model really to the consulting where you get money up front from clients and then you do the service. So it's the client who's taking the risk to some degree, right? So if it doesn't work out, you still got an, uh, at least an initial payment for the project or a few payments, right? Well, with SaaS, you're putting money up front. You're paying engineering salaries, you're paying designers, you're paying, you know, various other software you need and, and servers. And then you go out to market and try and get customers, right? So the failure rate is, is much, much higher because of that, right? Um, and, you know, there's a lot of competition as well. The, you know, the thing with not being um, funded is that we can't just dump millions of dollars into Google ads, Facebook ads, and so on, right? And especially our industry, the project management software, we're competing with the likes of Sana, ClickUp, Notion, all of these companies. And I think together they've raised something like three point something billion, right? Wow. And most of that money is now going into advertising. So, of course... That's raising up all the rates of advertising for our kind of target market, our keywords and so on. So that really kind of excludes us from doing too much of that because we can't compete head to head and spend that much money on a customer, right? To acquire a customer. So we really look at product led growth, uh, PLG. So essentially there's a lot of confusion sometimes about what this means. Um, my definition is that where the product itself is driving customer acquisition, expansion and retention, right? So essentially, we focus on creating a product that is really valuable and it's very intuitive so people can easily use it. And so it sells itself, right? So with that, we, we have a free trial. People can go on a website. They can sign up um, for a free trial. There's no commitment. 
they can actually try out the product. And we've got, you know, a lot of focus on onboarding. So there's, you know, you get a series of emails that teach you how to use the product. You, you've got, you know, helpers throughout the application that sort of teach you how to use it. You've got, um, you know, a live chat that you can speak to our team and ask any questions. And obviously we offer, you know, free onboarding uh, via call or, or email as well. Right. So, and I think the, the key thing is that, you know, a tool like Blue, typically you don't use it in isolation. It's not just you using it. You're inviting other people to use it. But we've had cases where we've had, for instance, American companies sign up because they were actually clients of Indian technology vendors who were using Blue to manage their projects. They got invited and they were like, oh, I really like this software. I'm going to use it for my business too. Future First is sponsored by SalesSource, B2B pipeline management and sales growth for your business. There's a power of referral there, isn't there? So you mentioned that, you know, organizations would use the tool and then uh, they'd see it as part of their projects. Let's say the agency has been using it and then the client would um, be using it as well. And then after the project's finished, they they start to, they become a customer and then they tell friends about it. It's the, the power of referral. And that I think that's a big part of uh, product-led growth. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing to think about is that there are really, when we look at our sort of uh, ideal customer persona, we actually break it down into two. So one is the company that we want to sign up. And the other is the individual, right? Because the individual has his, his own journey or her own journey. They will maybe stay at a company for one year, two years, three years, and then they'll go and move to another company, but they'll take the knowledge of Blue with them. Right. So if they've used it successfully in the past, they might go into a new company and say, actually, you know, if we're not using a project management solution, well, I've used this in the past successfully, let, let's implement. Right. So there is also that element, which sometimes is uh, it's easy to forget about, but actually it's very important, but it only works in the long run, you know, two, three, four years down the line as people start changing jobs. Yeah, okay. So that's let's dive into the 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 referral side of things so if you grow by word of mouth and you grow um by having really strong really good at customer experience what about the barriers of um you know if someone goes into a company and they say well we're already using a project management tool and we're not going to change it how do you how do you deal with that is is there something that's special about blue is it just very easy to use is it very stable because that that's obviously going to have an impact on the decision making process. What sets you apart? Yeah, sure thing. I think the the key value proposition um, for Blue really is simplicity, right? And on our website, the first thing you see is the project management system that your team will actually use, because having the most powerful and best software is really it's less than half the battle when you're looking to, you know review all the processes of the businesses and, and optimize them and automate them and so on, right? You also need to implement it and real human beings need to be able to use that every day, right? Ideally with little to no training, right? Because that's a huge overhead for a company, especially if you've got, you know, 50 to 100 staff, right? So, so that's really the key value proposition. However, generally speaking, we find that the reason people switch over to Blue uh, tends to be a lot on price. And we've noticed that especially in the last 18 months where the economy has not been so hot, People are looking at their kind of, you know, monthly expenses and thinking, okay, maybe I'm spending, you know, a thousand a month on, on Jira, right? Um, you know, which is a, a tool for developers to manage their work. And then they think, okay, well, actually we can save, you know, maybe 80% switching to blue. It starts to be extremely attractive, right? So, so that's, that's kind of some of the reasons 
why people switch. However, generally speaking, I feel that our main competitor is really not other project management systems. It's in action. It's using Excel. It's having sticky notes on your desktop, right? And it's funny, but I, I see that. I see whenever I go to an office and I see people writing things down and having sticky notes on, on their laptops and so on, I think they need blue, right? Uh, and that's really the competition. I love it. Blue is the replacement of sticky notes. Sticky notes are fine, right? There's nothing too bad about them if you use them at scale. And maybe on a glass wall in between offices if you're having a team session. But you're, yeah, you're 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 getting rid of that sticky note that gets stuck to a stuck stuck to a laptop. Yeah. And I'm a huge proponent of ideation. So I think yes, using sticky notes and, and working collaboratively and, and having a glass wall full of sticky notes when you're ideating is great. The problem is that, and I've seen this in a lot of businesses and, and so on, is that sometimes the outcome of these workshops and these collaborative sessions stays there. It just stays on the glass wall with sticky notes. The next thing is, okay, how do we oper operationalize whatever we've discussed, right? We need to take these sticky notes, turn them into action items, and then track them, right? And that's where Blue comes in, right? So. Yeah, brilliant. You're, you're absolutely right there. You, uh, um, a moment ago, you talked about a lot of companies looking at their, their costs. Uh, 2023 was a bit of a, a bit of a slog for, for a lot of companies. And, and, um, I think CFOs have had a, have had a busy year taking a step back, uh, looking at uh, costs in a the business. They see that the software costs are too high and then they start looking for alternatives. Um, but then, spending on advertising is challenging because there's a lot of competition in the market and that can be very expensive so how do you feel things like uh, cold outreach and uh, content marketing fit into this puzzle yeah for sure look you need to be able to fill up the top of the funnel right consistently with new leads that you can qualify and then uh, close i think advertising does have a, a role to play um Especially now, I think the rates seem to have gone slightly lower in the last year. But I think during COVID and slightly afterwards, they really skyrocketed. At least we saw our, our costs for that um, become unsustainable, right? Especially because the equation for venture-funded, you know, companies is, you know, we'll spend, you know, say one third of a customer lifetime value on acquisition. So if a customer is going to pay you, you know, $4,000 over two years, you know, you can maybe spend, you know, a thousand six acquiring that customer and eventually the economics will work out, right? However, you need to have really deep pockets to do that because you're spending a thousand six upfront. Mm. That customer may be paying you monthly, right? So actually you're only going to break even on that customer maybe nine or 10 months down the line, which is fine if you're venture funded because you've got huge bank reserves. But if you're bootstrapped, uh, that's a very easy way to go broke. However, I think if you take a more, a, a smaller but more targeted approach, so, you know, for instance, we've used Outbound, say, for cold emailing, so reaching out to customers. My very first customer ever in Blue was a, was a cold, cold email. I, I did this. We, we were called, initially, we were called Blue, B-L-O-O, -O, yeah. which was quite a unique, strange name, actually. And I, um, I just simply Googled every company in the world that shared our name, B-L-O-O, <laughs> And I emailed them. I said, hey, you're blue. I'm blue. Is there, <laughs> you know, you want to have a chat? And uh, it turned out someone did want to have a chat. There was a, a, a marketing agency based out of Australia called uh, Black and Blue. And they became our first customer. They sent us, you know, uh, on our first day, we put Stripe on our site. They sent us uh, $500 for a, for a year subscription. So 
you know, fantastic. fantastic right? That's a great it does story. Work. Yeah, it does yeah. work, right? Um, you know, but I think you have to tailor it. You have to write like a human being, right? There's also a lot of uh, tendency now with AI to try and automate everything at scale and so on. But I feel you can send tens of thousands of emails a week and get an extremely low reply rate or send far fewer, much more nuanced, much more personalized emails and get a much higher reply rate uh, and actually deal with people on a kind of human to human level, right? I think that's probably more successful. That is a fantastic story about you. You've just found context there and you've something that they can relate to, right, Benny? Because you said, oh, you're blue, we're blue, let's have a chat. And you did that via the a cold email channel, let's say. So mm -hmm. that, that's that's brilliant. But absolutely, there's there's so many examples of companies go out there, they'll try and send 20,000 emails and they'll cross their fingers for a 0.4% reply rate. Um, and then not a lot comes out of it and they're probably just going to be classed as being spam. And now in uh, February of 2024, Google and Yahoo will be changing their rules on email marketing. They're effectively putting a digital bouncer in place at the front door. So it's going to be even harder to, to send out these sorts of campaigns. But you're right. If you, if you get it targeted, you do it small batch and there's something relatable in there. Um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good things that can come of it. Um, and, and where else do you, do you see some, some opportunities in terms of marketing? Yeah, I think for, for an organization like Blue, I think referral partners or, or affiliate marketing is huge because there's a lot of people online that speak about productivity. You know, it's a huge topic, right? And nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I want to be less productive, right? And it just doesn't happen, right? Productivity in itself is good. And so there's a lot of people doing content out there for this um and so yeah partnering up with these people makes total sense right so we we also do cold outreach to these individuals where the you know the reply rate is is much higher right so essentially we're saying hey let's work together and we're going to give you money like that's normally a, a good start to a conversation and so essentially what we do there is that they can leverage their own audience um send them through uh to us um you know via affiliate links where everything is tracked and then they'll earn a percentage of the customer's lifetime revenue from us, right? And then we kind of pay that out, um, you know, every month, every quarter, depending on, on the minimums, right? So I think that's very successful and you don't need, you know, again, huge cold email campaigns for that. You can do a quite a targeted approach because already having, you know, 10, 20, 30 affiliates on your side selling for you, that's already good business, right? Um, so we've seen a lot of success uh, with that, both with individuals, but also with companies that, you know, specialize in, in promoting software. We did quite a successful AppSumo launch back in, I think it was December 2020. That got us, you know, it got us from, you know, a couple of hundred customers to, you know, a thousand plus very, very quickly within a couple of months. And, you know, while that's not sustainable in the long term because these are not recurring customers, I still think it helps to build up that word of mouth and so on, right? So you've got to think the value of any given customer coming in, not just the subscription fees that they pay. It's also all the other effects, the ripple effects of having people using the platform. Right? Affiliate programs are great indeed. Um, I mean, I'm part of uh, the affiliate program for Walaxy. I think it's been absolutely fantastic. And there you could choose what sort of uh, rewards that you, you preferred to get, which I thought was, was a nice way of doing it. And, um, you know, we, we use uh, Walaxy quite a lot now. And it, it, it really does help. Um, how... 
I mean, are, are you seeing that the affiliate group that you work with now, do you think that will grow? Do they do they get paid out for the customer lifetime value? Um, so it's quite, is there quite a good incentive for them? Yeah, so we we made this choice to make it lifetime, which is, you know, obviously expensive in the long run, right? Um, yeah. For that, but, but we felt, you know, that was the right choice because we wanted to make it very attractive because if you're a, an affiliate marketer, you've got a lot of choices in what software to sell online, right? There's thousands and thousands of different software categories and, and hundreds of companies in each one. So, you know, you can, you can pick. So we wanted to make it very attractive. And also the, the uh, commission structure is very good as well. It's, you know, 42% of the subscription, right? And we chose 42 because that's the sort of uh, magic number from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, right? The answer to life, the <laughs> meaning of life, the universe and everything. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's, um, so yeah, so, so that, that's kind of, you know, why we're trying to make it as attractive, uh, as possible. You know, I, I, maybe I see that changing in the future. I mean, I think one company that changed, I think last year was Jasper.ai. I'm not sure if you know them. They were a copywriting service and they had an affiliate agreement for lifetime. And then they went back on their word and then sort of made everything to one year and then, you know, canceled all those. Uh, affiliate agreements, right? So I don't think that's something that we would want to do, right? So we would honor any affiliate that joins, for instance, this year on a lifetime agreement, then they'll they'll keep that for all the customers that they sign up, right? Yeah, that's pretty bad press. That's bad backpedaling is, is never good, is it? Yeah, good. Yeah, it's never I good, mean, yes. one affiliate can bring in 20, 20 new customers is absolutely great, right? And you can just build the team around that. Fantastic. What's in store for 2024, Manny? What are you, what are you excited about uh, this year? Yeah, so... I mean, look, we, we just got off the back of 2023 with Forex uh, uh, revenue growth. So it was, uh, it was a wild ride. Um, so yeah, what we're doing, we just rebranded actually. So we, we, we kept this, the same company name, but we, we had a sort of very friendly and cursive look and feel. Um, we've now professionalized. We've got a new brand, um, completely new documentation, uh, and also a, a new website. That's coming along. So this is kind of in terms of a slightly positioning shift because we've got a lot of features that are enterprise level now that are available to all customers. So we really feel that we can compete head to head with the the big boys in our in our industry. We're going to be essentially focusing on two things, right? Building a better product and then getting better at telling people about it, right? These are the two the only two things we really need to do. Um, in terms of you know strategically uh, and then more tactically how we plan to do that, you know we are. Changing our pricing, make it more accessible. So I think a lot more companies can use Blue, especially even small companies and teams of two, three people, which has never really been our target market, but we see a lot of potential there. And then we're going to be starting a rewards program where essentially customers that are paying us subscriptions, they can take different actions and we will credit their accounts based on those actions. So for instance, you could write a review on G2 or you could share a LinkedIn post about Blue we will, right. as long as they provide proof they've done that, we will then credit, you know, anywhere between 10 to $50 back to their account. And, you know, if they do, I think, all the actions, they'll probably be able to make probably a couple of hundred dollars in credits. So it's not bad, right, um, for what is just a couple of hours of work. So we hope that will also create um, a viral loop uh, as well. That, that's perfect for, I can imagine, for S SMEs and, you know, these, these smaller agencies, right, who... Who, who appreciate that and you and you get some great feedback as well definitely good 
Well, we can definitely put an affiliate link in the, the comments uh, of this podcast that people yeah, click on if they want to check out Blue, right? Um, I did a great podcast at the end of uh, 2022. I think it was uh, around September, if I'm not mistaken. So not the end, but in in the in the autumn period. And um, you know, the the quote was that in this in these economic times, you need to show how you can help make. Uh, help help companies make money or help them save money so i think the future is very bright for for blue um as as people look to have basically a be- a good software better software um at a much better price so it sounds very exciting um and uh, mania thank you very much for coming on the podcast today yeah it's a pleasure thank you for inviting me justin thanks for tuning in and making the choice to listen to this podcast If you liked what you've heard today, please don't forget to subscribe.